Toffee Cron, Tombot, and me, Shafika's Prime. Last King Podcast, roll out. So welcome! <laughs> hey, welcome, welcome guys! Yes, yes. Welcome to the Last King Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Toffee. I thought you were Toffee Cron. Toffee Cron. It's me, Tombot. And it's me, Shafikus Prime. Ha, I sound ha, like ha, a, a weird kind of sex spot from very specific <laughs> Oh, Tombot. Why are you always wet? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes. This is going to be a very special uh, Transformers-themed episode. Yep. It's a, a little bit of mechanical, a little bit of robotic. I think you put that together, you get moronic. Wait, wait. You forgot <laughs> the explosions. You forgot the explosions. Kaboom! Yes, Michael Bay has come back again with the fifth installment. I can't believe they made five of these fucking things. <laughs> five... Transformers live-action movie. Thank you. Each of them making more money than the last. Thank you, China. Thank you, China, for being the I don't know. uh, I still blame America for this. Blame America. China's to blame for the fourth one. Oh, I would yeah. say because I mean like this is basically a, it's the Chinese audience that keeps perpetuating the need for them to like churn these movies out anyway Absolutely. and like I don't know um, we're gonna go full on with the review of Transformers The Last Night yes you know uh, better be the last one as well <laughs> fuck me I mean the next one should be Transformers The Last King hey yo hey, there we go <laughs> then we can sue right uh, almost wait I have not trademarked or copyrighted the name shit get, get, on, get it on it man get on dude, it dude yeah. I'm, I'm struggling just to get The Last King Twitter handle <laughs> <laughs> but yes, anyway, Last King fans, we're going to be talking all Transformers, all episode this time. But I think before we even go into the review, okay, we're going to save that for the special after intermission segment. How about maybe we go back in time a little bit and we go through the table and I ask each and every one of you. So You're going through the table like through, through the through table. Me. Yes, the tra- I'm going right through the table. Like the Dudley Boys. Oh god, uh, no. Is that a wrestling reference? That's uh, a yeah, wrestling yeah. reference. But anyway, yeah, let's just talk about Shoutouts to wrestling from the 90s. Back in the 80s, yeah. <laughs> okay, so this movie was... No, no, let's not talk about the movies. Let's talk about the Transformers as an idea. Now, they uh-huh. dropped way back in the golden age of television, back in 1982. This was a Takara, Takara thing, right? Back in the day. I think and I... they made the toys called Diaclones, and then there was Takara and with the Transforming Bot. They didn't call them the Transformers yet. It was only when it came to America, then they started using a Transformers name, and I guess it was Hasbro. Who got it was Hasbro, yes. Yeah. I mean, they hey, would... let's market it this way. These Japanese toys. No, and man. the thing is, right, Hasbro is also very much responsible for the lore because it was literally the guys at Hasbro looking at all these toys and it's like, okay, that's Optimus Prime, that's Megatron. He's the bad guy. He's let's the make a story out of it. And they made the story out of it just to sell the toys. I mean, which was brilliant PR and yeah. brilliant, like you know, back when ad executives actually mattered. Yeah, yeah. And unlike <laughs> other executives right now. These people back then, they actually gave a shit of the story in a sense. Uh, they made a bit of a nice lore. I mean, of course, it's a 30-minute cartoon. How much can you cram in? But yeah. they actually gave like some semblance of depth for a kid's cartoon. Like Optimus Prime's a leader. He helps out the humans. Megatron just wants to fuck shit up and steal Energon and stuff. And then Starscream's a pain in the ass trying to dethrone Megatron. There's, there's, there's different stories. Like, whereas the Autobots are 
family friendly guys, the good, the good guy group. Mm -hmm. You've got like the dysfunctional family, the Megatron, Soundwave, and of course Starscream, which uh -huh. everyone loves. The Holy Trinity. Because he's such an asshole. Yeah, he is. I guess so. I he's guess the so, perfect yeah. coward too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's the coward. He's coward when he needs to be, but he can sort of be a leader in a sense, only for a brief moment, though. Yeah. For like exactly five seconds in the Superior Transformers movie, which like also <laughs> came out back in. Oh yeah, the 1986. 84, 85, 86, right? 86, 86. Also, the wow. last one with Orson Welles. <laughs> yes, that's his like, last film in general. Last yeah, film, yes, before he died. Yeah, I mean, I wonder how drunk he was when they propositioned this to him. Oh, uh, like, he was on his fifth bo box of wine, probably. <laughs> box of wine? How dare you, sir? What is probably the fifth bottle of uh, no, aged whiskey? No, literally, he's like his big deal was he used to. I think he, he he did a series of advertisements where he would sell wine. Oh yeah, and they didn't switch up the wine, so he kept on drinking for every take. So it was exactly. Just so so, so yes, I was making that reference. Caught him during that time, and then yeah. hey, you oh, want to start a kids film? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Give me scripts. <laughs> I'm Orson Welles. I think it's more like I'm Orson Welles, and uh, what the fuck is this shit? I did. I have a moving planet. <laughs> I have a beard. <laughs> I was the one responsible for War of the Worlds. You. Bastards. <laughs> they probably uh, pitched this as a sequel to Citizen Kane, where he becomes so rich and becomes a planet. Oh, but his ego actually went to plan planet sized proportions. Yeah, okay, okay, but anyway, let's not go <laughs> off the tangent. Was a Transformer too. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, but okay, seriously. Um, I mean, okay, me speaking as the elder statesman of the group here, you know, mm. I was alive during the 80s. <laughs> Days. Back in the days before the internet, children. We had to walk to the cinema. <laughs> we still do. Actually, what are you living in? Actually, no, for me, it was not so bad because I live right next to one. But anyway, yeah. so I just remember 1982, Transformers dropped on TV screens all the way here in lovely Singapore. And the first time I saw it, I have to say, for a five-year-old boy watching th like Transformers, like the first episode, mm -hmm. got mind blown. Yeah. Like literally, like these are robots that talk and change into vehicles. You know, as and they a, have personalities too. Simple personalities. And they have laser beams attached to them. You are the core demographic for these toys. I was exactly the core demographic for these toys because literally, like, I mean, back in the, back in that, those days, right? You have to understand, like, it was either He-Man, which is like, I didn't realize how gay it was until <laughs> much later. But you know, I'm still a fan. There was GI Joe, and I I really didn't like any of that uh, pseudo military stuff. I didn't okay. get that. I, yeah, I, I was not a fan. Get behind robots. I mean, I did enjoy the GI Joe movie. You know, especially for one of the best uh, quotes of all time: "Cobra, la 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 la." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, Cobra King, you're so ridiculous. Uh, that's Serpentor, right? Serpentor, yes, yes, yeah. the guy, the guy who dethrones uh, Cobra Commander. Okay, and but I, mean, I feel so young right now. <laughs> I have no idea what any but the thing is, are. I could get behind robots, giant ass robots saving humanity. And the thing is, it's, it's possibly an Asian thing because the thing is, we kind of grow with the Japanese anime mecha uh, culture because yeah, yeah. mm -hmm. we had Voltron and Robotech also coming. And then it's like it's nice to see something that it. I mean, it was probably animated by Japanese people. I mean, let's oh, not. No, let's it, not was, it was. It was definitely. It was. You know, this is a Japanese show. But the thing is, there's something like uniquely American and uni uniquely different about it. Mm -hmm. And it was probably like I would say. Um, it was just refreshing because it was like science fiction. Yeah. You know, it was like huge robots. Mm -hmm. Okay, you know. And they had like crazy plots, something involving like stealing Energon. It's basically, Megatron yeah. Being, being a thing. We need to get yeah. Energon cubes. Well, the, tra the Autobots have it. Oh, let's go and attack them. Oh, there's too many of them. Oh, run and away. And Starscream's <laughs> as well, making up his I own army. I should be leader. 
<laughs> I love you, Star. That was so Wait, much cooking in the eighties. It was the same guy, right? Literally, yeah. no. And I mean, like, and then you can hear Bumblebee and Cliff Jumper. Why do they sound the same? Oh, same voice actor, you know. Yeah, of course. I mean, I don't know, uh, Toffee. You were alive kind of back then, or at least oh, yes, maybe was, you was, you yes. caught the reruns. I was an eighties guy. Uh, too, so. was, Any experience with the the original OG Transformers animation? Absolutely not. Yeah, of course. You missed out. Yeah, you got you got at least see a few wow. of episodes. Yeah, on I'm YouTube. the Pokemon generation. <laughs> like, that was my shit. Yeah. Wait, but then you've seen Beast Wars before too, right? Have you? Who? Beast, Beast Wars? Wars? Yeah, Optimus Primal? Where he's a monkey now instead of a truck? Ape, ape, ape. <laughs> ape? Oh yeah. I'm sorry, no tail. Yes, he's an ape. <laughs> he's was, a great ape. When was this? Uh, this was 95, 96? Very early 90s. When CGI was really, really... Oh, really rough CGI. <laughs> yeah. But they made it up with really good storylines and stuff because that was actually a prequel to the 86 Transformers. Yeah, I was still far too young to get into that. I was three. 95? Okay, okay. Look at us aging you the other way this time. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. Feels but good, doesn't it? Not really, no. Because the thing is, it's like Transformers was something like you would share. I mean, my earliest childhood memories of Transformers is like when the show came out, it came out, if I'm not wrong, was on a school night. It was like Monday, 7pm. Uh-huh. And it was literally what all the kids in school talked about the next we day. Did you see that it, show yeah. yesterday? We that saw Transformers like, after show? school, like it was on RTM 1 or it was RTM 2 or TV 3. Uh, I had on Channel 5 here in Singapore. But yeah, I mean like, dude, that blew us away. And we couldn't stop talking about it. And the thing is, right, if you recall, during the very first episode, it was the first time they would actually pre-package the the toy advertisements with the show. Uh-huh. So you'll be watching it, it goes to a commercial break and immediately, hey kids, <laughs> check out this Optimus one. Prime? You can <laughs> buy him for an obscene amount of money. A very obscene yeah. amount of money. The thing about my side of the world, like, uh-huh. I only just see the cartoons. Dude, you literally crossed the Straits of Malacca. And then when I go, to, when I went, and then I went to America for the very first time, holy shit, these, they were actually ads that played during the cartoons. Oh, like the okay. ones with the robot, you know like the actual ads with the kids holding the robots and stuff? Was there some laws against that in Malaysia or was it just mm, that? They maybe they're just too expensive to host and stuff. Oh yeah, they're like, try and sell this to Malaysian kids, good luck with that. I can... Well, trust me, kids will buy the shit. Because yeah. the, the thing about Singapore is like, all the toys are always uh, pre-packaged together with the shows. Like Ninja Turtles, they'll cut to a Ninja Turtles ah, toy yeah, commercial. Yeah. Transformers, G.I. Joe, all of them. I mean, so, Thundercats. I was definitely late to the advertisement party, but the cartoons... You I didn't really miss out on much though, you know, because basically, like, the one thing is, right, I mean, I got into buying Transformers toys at that age, you know, and it was a pretty penny to, like, you know, put together. And it's like, this was uh, every Christmas, every... Yeah, I mean, I celebrate Christmas, but it's like, <laughs> basically, I'm like, you know, like, you know, just pestering mom and dad, like, I really need Ultra Magnus. I don't know how. <laughs> and Ultra Magnus, I think his, uh, his white part was actually die-cast metal, right? If yes, I yeah, I had... Wow. The, there was a time when robots, I mean, these toys were die-cast metal before and, they went plastic. And it is serious damage to your siblings. <laughs> yeah, that too, that too. No, I had, like, the insect, uh, the Insectacons? Insectoids? Uh, Insectacons. Insectacons. I had the die-cast versions. For my uh, Dinobots, I had, yeah, I have quite a collection. And, like, the prize of my collection was I had the original Devastation. And I bought it as a set. Oh, that's nice. And like the thing is, like having not, I mean, like it was one thing to have a robot transform into like you know a, a lovely piece of construction equipment, but to have five of them to form an even bigger robot, like oh my god, like when you're six years old, you're like yes. My memory might be a bit rusty, but I think the Japanese version was orange first, and then it went green. And then yeah, it went I mean, orange. I think it was like probably like a, a mispaint job or something. But I think it's the, the the neon green, yo. I think it was more memorable because of the cartoon that made it memorable. Yeah, the neon green and the purple, like yeah, that. that and then sometimes we have that purple wing thing for Devastator, and then some versions don't. I don't quite remember. Uh huh. 
Mm, I'm not so sure about that. No, I, I think I had probably I had the Japanese version, and also strangely enough. I also own both Jetfire and a Valkyrie VF1, oh, wow. <laughs> which was kind of confusing for a kid. Yeah. So let me explain this to you, eccentric Tom. Yeah, there was I'm this show interested. in the 80s called Macross, uh-huh. which is like a Japanese show about you know our the, the humans' uh, last fight against the, the alien race. Oh, was it Zionzaku? No, no, no. I'm, you mentioned this. Zionzaku's Gundam, my bad. Zaku's Gundam. You mentioned yeah. Macross when we reviewed Quest in a Shell. Yeah, exactly. Now the thing is like uh, their plane, which is the variable fighter or the very tech fighter, if you all. Keep you people in the US call it Robotech stop it it's goddamn <laughs> Macross okay but like the thing is it was also kind of misappropriated as part of the Transformers line and they sold the VF1 fighter and they called it Jetfire mm. ah. who made a weird appearance in one of the Transformers movies oh yeah as the old oh, the old fogey yeah. so it's like you know how I would have loved to have seen like you know oh fucking Jetfire is in this and he's like Oh my god, it's like an actual Macross. <laughs> no, but no, yeah, it's like some like you know put together piecemeal kind of like aeroplane robot, which like barely made any sense to the continuity of the plot. But yeah, uh, okay. But I digress. But, but in a way, the cartoons itself do does have its own plot going on. Yeah. And then when it all culminates to the movies, when of course they gotta kill off some robots because they gotta sell new toys, right? Exactly. No. And I the mean, thing like, is, we were really attached to some of the characters that died. Yeah. No, I especially believe. for a kid like me who collected so much of it and to see half your collection die yes. <laughs> during the movie. Like murdered in cold blood by Megatron. By Megatron. Like, like Megatron just blows away it. Sideswipe, Bumblebee, and like everybody. Oh, no, no, no. Sideswipe's alive. Um, he survived? He killed Braun, he killed Prowl, he killed Iron Eye. He killed Optimus, right? He killed no, Optimus. Optimus, well. Optimus yeah. died from his injuries battling Megatron. Yeah. Uh, and Megatron was later revived as the more badass Galvatron, voiced by a very... Then, uh, very delayed Leonard Nimoy. Okay, rest in peace, Dr. Uh-huh. Spock. You know, and then like, you know, one of the best performances by Leonard Niboy, I would say. You know, like, he as Galvatron, you know, especially when he told, like, Starscream to just suck it, yep. and he blows him away at his coronation. This is bad <laughs> comedy. And it's like, yeah, like, amazing delivery on that yeah, line. And then, I think that part was so memorable to the point where even the video games and some of the TV shows actually copied, did some references to that lines, those lines. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I mean, like, you've not seen the animated movie from the 80s. No, I have... Like, oh my god. Oh, you gotta do this. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta do- watch it. My only Your spe- nerd card, sir, back on the... <laughs> My only exposure to Transformers are these five films. Oh my god. Okay, you gotta watch this. It'll hopefully wash the bad taste away from your mouth. Yeah, hopefully. We'll see. At least the soundtrack will blow your mind. Oh my god, the soundtrack. Um, Stan Bush, there's Lion, there's even... Uh, yeah, the opening theme by Lion. Will Yankovic. Oh, Excuse so. me? Yes. He did Dare to be Stupid. He, yeah. he wa- voiced one of the characters in the movie. On the Junkbot planet, right? Yep, yep. Oh, I forgot his name. Rekgar. Yeah, Rekgar, there you go. Rekgar, you're right. <laughs> Basically, robots in the junk planet that form themselves from bikes and pop culture, I believe. That sounds like it was made just to get Rela Yankovic into the animated series. I think so. No, yeah, but I mean, yeah. you have to also understand, like, no, it wasn't just Weird Al Yankovic, Orson Welles, Leonard Nimoy, fucking Judd Nelson. Oh yeah, Bender himself. Wow. Bender's in the movie. Mm-hmm. Bender? Mean, he did from, from... No, 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 no. I mean, from, it wasn't he from Bender Breakfast in Club. Breakfast Club? Yeah. <laughs> Not Bender from Futurama. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> wrong Bender, wrong Bender. Wrong sorry. Bender, but yes, you know, Mr. Judd Nelson. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, this movie, Erodimus Prime, does come back, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's he, the one, that's the one. He's in this current movie. Um, and he was my oh, favorite no, 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 one. No, no. This, the fifth movie, right? This current movie, last Yeah, the night. current movie, it's Hot Rod. 
So Hot Rod makes an appearance. But is he an actual be... Hot Rod? Uh, no, he's a... Which doesn't make sense. He's a French car, right? Uh, sure. a f- what? No, he was technically Hot Rod for about 10 minutes, then he became a Lamborghini because product placement. Ah, oh, right, right, right. Somebody's got to pay for all these French, special effects. And he has a time-stopping job. Yeah, and he has a French accent because apparently we don't know where Lamborghini comes from. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's, let's focus that later on. Let's no, just talk about like... I think I also want to kind of mentioned like okay for all you people who have never seen the Transformers animated series I mean you can find the DVD box set I mean I'm pretty sure somebody there's a lot of that on YouTube there's a lot of that on YouTube but I would also want to say do check out the season after the movie because that Uh is some of the darkest and some of the most emotional episodes ever like I can only recall the death like the the rebirth of Optimus oh yeah he came back from the dead when he came back from the dead and he lost his mind and the Starscream's ghost episode like these were fantastic well written shows and the thing is this was like you know we were like approaching 8, 9, 10 Uh and it was like no this is before X-Men like uh, they had a very how do you say they were teetering on like being a very grown up show Oh, wasn't that one episode where Galvatron went into like a mental rehab place and then all these eight characters? So they had the rehab episode. Yeah, yeah, he did. I remember that. And the thing is, right, they they, they gave him what you call like the creative time and he built a gun and just started shooting people. (laughs) (laughs) What do you expect from a psychopath, anyways? And it was like the perfect, like, you know, uh, analysis of this character. Like, he is pure evil. Like, no, we shall rehabilitate him. And then, like, yeah, do something creative. Built a gun, just start shooting things. Like, that's Funny. That's genius, you know. Yeah. But like, yeah. No. Now I want to watch the show just because. Please let me have a beach episode. Hmm? Um, in the first one before the movie, there was a beach episode, if I recall. There was perfect a yes. beach episode, and then there was an episode where the paraglider bot—I forgot what it's called—he rom- started romancing a human girl. Okay, those are the weird ones. <laughs> let's, let's, let's avoid Why those. Why do I remember the weird ones? <laughs> because, because you're Mr. Toffee. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say that. Hot like coffee. <laughs> no, but yes, you know, like, I think maybe, like, especially for like, our friends like Tom here, like, yeah. you can definitely go back and check out, like, I mean, maybe skip the first two seasons. Okay. Okay, like, start from the seasons that came after the movie where Rodimus Prime takes over. Like, Optimus Prime has been killed off. And properly. he has, like, some doubt and stuff, and we're like, shut the fuck up. You don't, you're, Rodimus Prime said you're the best leader, and then he starts whining about it. I mean, like, I, I think it was also, like, because uh, Optimus handed over leadership to Ultra Magnus, mm-hmm. and he could not open the matrix of leadership during the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, I mean, like, there's all this predestiny bullshit too. I mean, but like... It's it's 80s storytelling. It's 80s know. storytelling and also surprisingly quite well done for its time. Because, I mean, like, it definitely graduated from just a show trying to sell you toys to having, like, some really serious writers and, like, performers, like, putting these characters. Like, you cared for robots. <laughs> That's and pretty amazing. That actually, that sort of storytelling actually carried on with Beast Wars as well. It went on for three seasons. You're a shit. fan of the Beast Wars? Hey, I really liked it a lot. Like, they actually had some tie-in with the, with the 80s Transformers, the one in the arc and stuff. Because they made it a prequel, right? Yeah, a prequel. But the characters themselves, even without that, though, that tie-in, each character is pretty cool. I think my favorite was the relationship between uh, Rat Trap and Dinobot. Okay, the thing about me is like for Beast Wars, it came like very early 90s, right? And this is me approaching like leaving high school, going to college. I was so still I in high had school moved when, on to other things already yeah. by then. I think I was still in high school when that I'm, I was very so aware kind of, of it, but I like the thing is like when I looked at it and I looked, uh, it, it just didn't seem polished enough you know anything you is, might want to rewatch it again there's actually some deep storytelling in this show. i'll probably i should give it a chance okay but did you watch any of the more recent uh, attempts at it 
animated show like the Netflix one Robots in Disguise and stuff uh, like that that one no show? I did not no, there was a Netflix no. Transformers show and no, the thing but is I they... have, but I have watched one series back in 2009-10 I believe uh-huh. it's called um, Transformers Animated okay. basically it's just a reboot and then they have a human girl that they have to take care of but turns out that she's a robot too so. but that was pretty good <sighs> because it was basically they're the stylized robots and then there's actually more of a big lore happening like Cybertron there's some guys hunting down people inside in, on Earth and stuff so there's quite a bit of a story there la, that they're trying, they're trying to bring in the old and mix in some new things as well and you see different versions of RC different versions of Ultra Magnus and Sentinel Prime as well I think I remember watching that but I wasn't a fan of the, the art style because they kind of oh, simplified oh it's very sharp it's very divisive actually yeah and but, but if you try to get into it, it's not too bad, actually. You know what, John? You, do you think we should also mention the the Japanese Transformers animations? Like Headmasters prior. Headmasters um, was like sort of transitioning from the American storyline to the Japanese. Now, and the thing is, thing, the yeah. difference about the Japanese uh, Transformers animations, right? They have people in the vehicles. So the robots are literally just mechs. This feels like you're explaining to me the entire DC universe. <laughs> this is a Master well, Force, I believe. So this is the Crisis on Infinite Earths. <laughs> so the one you're referring to is a Master Force. Oh, I Master believe. Force, yeah. Wow. One You've got like dudes who are regular human beings who happen to be pilots for these Transformers. And it basically the thing is, this was like, I think the debut of Optimus Prime having a sword. <laughs> uh, he was holding a gun in the animated series, but in the Japanese ones, they all have... Very, they have swords and axes and stuff. Because they love swords. Perhaps, perhaps. Because Japanese Voltron. Animation. Because yeah. yes, you know, you want to see robots slice things up. Of course. Yeah. yeah, but there you go. So like, I mean, there's a lot of Transformers for you to dive into, especially, you know. And then they like introduce new villains like Overlord, who's like a brother-sister robot. I mean, they, they're, they're humans, evil humans who form up together to form one big robot. You can be, basically beat the shit out of anything. Oh, Japan, I love you so much. Yeah. And then I mean, there's like they a bunch of dinosaurs, yeah. three dinosaurs who form into one big robot too. In because of course. Subsequent one. Yeah, like what's better than three dinosaurs? One big dinosaur made of three yeah. dinosaurs. Yes. <laughs> I like your ideas. That, I gotta get That confess. logic, huh? No, but yeah. I would say ladies, okay, maybe, I don't know, I'll ask you, John, who was your favorite Transformer? Who was your go-to guy? Um... Wow, well, like that's who was a tough who one. was what was your favorite toy? Which one did you own? <laughs> oh, it was definitely the god. Um, the god. The god. <laughs> the Master Force uh, Optimus Prime. They, they call him the. They rebranded him as the Power Masters Optimus Prime. He had wings and shit. Yeah, yeah. wings <laughs> combined and stuff. With a big head, a big gun, and everything. It looked really epic, yeah. But the metallic ones. I believe from Generation 1, I think it's still Optimus Prime. Okay. From Generation you're Optimus yeah. Prime? I know, it's a, it's a lame answer, but you know, he d- looks just epic. Like, that's that's a leader right there, you know, with the trailer and everything. I agree, because the thing is, right, all the other robots was basically, like, if you bought Bumblebee, it's just Bumblebee. But if you bought Optimus Prime, he had the trailer with the accessories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, he was like, oh, hey, he has his little car and he's got this little missile thing. I also am fond of uh, Sideswipe side swipe and Sunstreaker. In in the comics later on, they're very both, classic like, eighties cars, right? And once the once the arrogance, uh, sociopathic asshole, and the other one's more like, I'm kind of nice but also arrogant in a way. Too. Wait, was Sunstreak the one who could be invisible? No, no, wait, that's Mirage. That's Mirage. That's Mirage. Mirage is the one who could be invisible. Interesting Look story about Mirage. He actually wanted to defect to the Decepticons at one point, but uh-huh. because he was forced into the whole war, I was like, ah, fuck it, I'll just join the Autobots. Mm. So that's what I mean by the whole deep storyline. So they had conscription in Cybertron? Yes. Yes, they, yes, did. they did. <laughs> they did. Okay. Yeah, so Mirage was, happens to be one of those guys who lived the high life. I mean, you can tell by the look of his car, right? And even like the, what's that? Starscream's Brigade, uh, the Thundercracker and Skywarp, they're also conscripted too in the, Sopticon, in the Decepticon War and stuff. 
they did not really want to fight in the first place. I see. So was there also like, you know, an upper class on Cybertron, which also had to be yeah. forced in? Yeah, there was. And they were part of the officer corps, or what? what they There's a lot more than that, yes. I mean, okay. like, when the, tr uh, the Transformers originally arrived, right, the only real, like, uh, difference was, like, Decepticons could fly and Autobots couldn't. Yeah. Oh. And then, like, the thing is, like, then they decided to add upon, like, more layers of, like, you know, upper class robots, lower class robots, and then, like, you had the worker bots, like something like Bumblebee, he was pretty much like, you know, a peon, like a soldier, foot soldier. Oh, okay. And then you had somebody like, probably like Prowl. Prowl would be like a sergeant or like... Yeah, he's a drill sergeant. More like a guy. lieutenant, you know, but... Uh, okay, well, oh, it, it goes way deeper. It, it does, you know. Looking at the IDW dude, comics. If you, if you pick up the comics, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, it's insanely deep. You know, especially like the War for Cybertron series, like, god oh, damn, that was epic. <laughs> there was actually a time when they introduced Megatron's origins. He wasn't really... He invented the Decepticons, yes, but only because of the deception that the Autobot councils did. Get it? Decepticons, deceptions. Yeah. So basically, yeah, it was more like political uprising. So Megatron was sort of like a war. He, uh, he, he was guy. designed after like Caesar in a sense that he was very uh, unhappy okay. with how the empire was. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then the thing is, he decided to create his own nation, but unfortunately, at the, at the cost of a war. Yeah. Uh, and then he okay. relied on brute force a lot, like because that's the only way it was built. Because he was I a mean, gladiator. He's he's, he's the general Zod, you know. Basically, like he's a warrior. Yeah. You know? you and that's that's how he understands the world. So there's actually a lot of depth and layers to surprisingly yes. yes exactly. If you look for it, like if you look for it in the animated series or in the comic books or in whatever version of it that isn't these fucking five movies. Yeah, because they're so basically black and white bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you want like some depth in this, just go for the IDW comics. Start from the beginning all the way to right now. Oh, it's now. quite a tome now. It's quite. Want... It's basically a lexicon. <laughs> oh my god! It's a bible. Basically. And there's also like the Marvel Transformers uh, comics from the '80s, which was also quite it was exceptional. Good. It was good. Yeah. Marvel have their fingers in every pie. Like, do you know there's a canon Attack on Titan Marvel comic where they join what? the Avengers? Wait, 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 what? What? <laughs> I yeah. did not know this. Yeah, they, Holy shit! They appear. It's uh, the Laughing Titan, the Colossal Titan. Um, and Doctor Doom and yeah. Thanos. Yeah. Doctor Doom Titan. And Hulk, yeah. <laughs> wow. Hulk fights the Colossal Titan and and barely wins. wins. I guess. He, of Maybe. course, he's the Hulk. You know, yeah. nothing defo nothing defeats Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but okay, I think we can probably wrap up this Transformers talk and banter. So this is all the lovely things we like about Transformers. Yeah, this is only probably the only time you hear us say good things about Transformers. So I mean, like yeah. heavy recommendations from I think the three of us. Definitely check out the movie from the eighties. Okay, definitely check out I would say the season after the movie mm -hmm. like the original Transformers doesn't age well doesn't really hold up because yeah. it's basically a good versus evil but you evil can see story. some lines of greatness yeah, inside know, yeah. and like the character development that would definitely like you know I kind of flesh up properly I think some of the writers who worked on Transformers back in the day actually started doing sci-fi stuff like J. Michael Straczynski and Paul Dini Paul Dini uh, fucking did Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In an animated was, he's, series. He's he started there. Oh, okay, now I want to watch it. Paul Dini, like, he's, he was back in the day all the way since the He Man a animated yeah. series. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. cut his teeth there, and then, like, you can see, like, this is the guy. Alright, now you've sold me because the anim Batman animated series is. Hands just down, yeah. <laughs> one of the best. Has not been topped oh my to God. me. No. Yeah. Just beautiful. So, okay, tell you what, let's wrap up this very special, loving tribute to the classic Transformers that we all know and love, and you know? talk about the, the movies the let's, let's, oh let's talk about Michael Bay's interpretation of something that I hold very dear to my childhood and oh god yeah. so before we launch into the review um, I mean we've probably already spoiled what we feel about it mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about the man himself Michael, Michael Bay. Bay all right now 
You said something very controversial to me in private one time. Would you Did like I? to share it for uh, our audience? Yeah, go ahead. Say it. I would say Michael Bay is probably one of the last cinematic authors of this time. Ooh. <laughs> and okay, here's my logic and here's my reasoning. Do you hear that? That's a sharpening of pitchforks. Listen, right boys and girls. He is one of the few directors that when you watch a Michael Bay movie, you fucking know it's a Michael Bay movie. That is true. He is in... Uh, he's not... I wouldn't say he's in the same league as like somebody like Christopher Nolan or Quentin Tarantino, but he has a very definitive style. Very, and the thing is, true. I would also say that he is a descendant of like 80s action film directors. Like he's got traces of Tony Scott all over his work. That's very you know? true. And he is like my second. He's my second favorite uh, Scott brother. Just, just, <laughs> just, just amplify by the 90s. I mean, like you have to understand, this man gave us The Rock. True. <laughs> he, he he dropped Armageddon. <laughs> And yeah. one of the greatest action movies of all time, Bad Boys 2. <laughs> you, Not you, the first Bad Boys. One of the best. The first Bad Boys was one of the right. best bad movies of all time, Bad Boys 2. No, but there's like the, the that shimmering moment of his brilliance. Like this guy, he knows how to tell shitty stories, but he makes it so like enjoyable. It, it was enjoyable, entertaining. Is like how you say like the the most high budget B movie ever. And you enjoyed it. I mean, like, this is fun. You know, it's, like it's getting, not a smart movie. It's like getting a really good burger from a fast food chain. Right? Exactly. You know, but it's, it's like, like damn good burger. It's a, it's a, it's a damn good burger. It's from the gourmet section of McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. This is like, this is like an $8 burger. It's yeah, not a absolutely. cheeseburger. Like this the buttermilk chicken kind of. Buttermilk chicken? Buttermilk chicken? Ugh. Yeah. You went you there? You lost me there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I thought you'd be more of the Angus beef guy. Ooh, uh, <laughs> gonna love the Angus beef. No, but okay. So yeah, Michael Bay. Unfortunately, his career has kind of tangented, swerved to just churning out these Transformers just movies. Just these yeah. bullshit. And the thing is, he had such a promising start. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, like my first, uh, how you say, the, the first Michael Bay movie I saw was definitely The Rock with yeah. goddamn Sean Connery. Which was his second ever feature film. His mm-hmm. first ever was Bad Boys. Hmm. Which I was okay with. To me, it was like, oh, this is a good buddy cop story. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty solid. I mean, it's definitely not Lethal Weapon. But, but it's, it's definitely but not I Lethal Weapon. I think that one movie that actually brought out his inner author is probably, definitely The Rock. Yeah, and back when the it's... style and everything. And yeah. also where his comedy actually kind of works. Yeah. Like, kind of weird, high-pitched, uh, squabbling... Like, between Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery. No, but exactly. The I'm thing is, right... Backwards. Oh. It's in The Rock as well, absolutely. <laughs> I think, yeah, you can describe both movies that way. No, but yeah. I would say this, like, in The Rock, I bought Nicolas Cage as an action hero. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Yeah, and you know what I also like about um, The Rock is that you, you made very uh, empathetic bad guys. Yes. Like Ed Harris actually has a very reasonable reason why he's doing what he's doing. Because he just wanted to scare people. Well, it's also because, you know, they were, uh, you know, gypped out of their retirement funds and they're basically saying, you have money in slush funds used for black, mu- black ops operations. We want it. It's like, okay, yeah, I can understand it. You served your country. You want a fair deal. That's fine. And you knew that he wasn't actually going to use the weapons. You could believe it. And also, Sean Connery as a master thief. And like, wow. did you subscribe to the fan theory that people say that that's just James Bond retired? Oh yeah, <laughs> this is final mission. I can absolutely <laughs> believe that because you know he's only going off the rails near the end of his tenure as Bond. Because look, looking at him like you know like traversing through the the booby traps oh, and the madness yeah. that is like you know Alcatraz, you know, and like just literally that line, you're bashed. A lot of people <laughs> talk t- about their best. Where is go home? I fucked a prom queen. <laughs> <laughs> One of the Thank best. I love that line. Yes. Oh, line Sean Connery, awesome. you are missed so much. Yeah, but he's even made good films recently. I mean, we all agree that Pain and Gain is a bloody good comedy. I agree, yeah. yeah. I, th- just, I think it's, it's severely raw. underrated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, 
I'm and ashamed I'm, about what it is. That's why I like about it. Yeah, and you could just tell how much he hates his core demographic of mm. movie goes. Like, oh, you like you know big muscles, pretty women, and explosions. Fuck you. You're a terrible piece of shit human being. I was, These are the people that I think you look like. I, w- <laughs> I would say that Pain and Gain is his Wolf of Wall Street. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I mean, okay. Uh, granted, it's a Michael Bay film, so yeah. there's a lot of fast editing, a lot of weird. Uh, the color correction is weird. Oh yeah. And like you know, things just happen in such a spastic kind of like I think it's purposely made like that I mean that's his style literally and the thing is like he does it his way he knows what he likes and he does it all the time so I mean like Mm -hmm. if anything you cannot say that he's not an insincere filmmaker because he definitely that's what he does and that's what he does best unfortunately if you give him a franchise like Transformers like where does he fit himself into it? Yeah, I mean, he was very clear in interviews that he hates the source material. Mm. <laughs> like, he, he can't stand it, and it really shows in where every he, single sequel. Yeah, comes out. every well, single sequel, but not the first movie because the first movie, if you all recall, he was still kind of like you know at the reins of Steven Spielberg. Yeah, Steven Spielberg like threw some of his money at it, and he was basically, "Don't you fuck this up for me, young yeah, bud?" Like, you better <laughs> you better try to make your characters kind of likable, not too many throwaway bullshit uh, parts. Like I saw. Pearl Harbor, don't do that again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is we, your last chance, yeah, boy. We all saw Pearl Harbor and said, never do this again. No, but that's him like chasing after. The, I think the one tooth, the, the one thing about Michael Bay is that his dream is he wants to be James Cameron. Yeah, uh, Pearl Harbor Not is literally happen, his I'm attempt sorry. at a Titanic, you yeah. know. Yeah, and it's very obvious. Like deep down inside, like he definitely is on the same caliber as something like Tony Scott mm-hmm. or probably like maybe from the 80s, something like Walter Hill. But like deep down, he wants to be goddamn James Cameron because look at this guy just sitting on trillions. Yeah. And he he's just I mean like speaking of James Cameron, he doesn't need to make another movie. The next movie he wants to do is Avatar two. Yeah, and his last film was Avatar, Avatar. one. Two thousand and nine. Which is good. Yeah, it's gonna hit its ten year anniversary yeah, yeah, very soon. Yes. Jesus Christ. You know, and the thing is like here's Michael Bay still churning out Transformers movies. He's done nothing but Transformers movies and like that pain and gain. Yeah, I mean. I want to know what uh, Paramount have done to just enslave them to the franchise. Like they must have. Something. It's that China money, man. I it's, think so. Yeah, it's 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 a wall of money, you know. Like yeah, they just keep dumb doing dumb tricks and money on his phone. It's like, alright, fine, fine, fine. I'll make another one. Jesus Christ. But then I think you also have to kind of attest to the fact that in, right now in Hollywood, right, it's impossible for anything to get made if it's not based off a franchise or a comic book. Absolutely. I mean, like we are struggling to like you know watch original content like the last original movie you guys saw was Colossal yeah and that took a while to even reach here and it probably yeah. wasn't even marketed properly where it comes from yeah it was it was probably marketed here as well from what I remember there you go So it's everything like, everything's being adapted from books from I mean comics. Like, we yeah. just came off the fucking mummy review uh, and it's like yeah so like you know I mean like think about it like Unless you have an original idea, okay, you gotta do the Marvel movie or you gotta do the the franchise, the Jurassic movie, Park, film the, too, the yeah. Universal, whatever, and like your Dark your cinematic universe, and then maybe we'll throw you like throw you a boot. Okay, but let's just say this right, Michael Bay. I mean, for all his faults, right, he is a talented filmmaker. He is. He knows how to put an action scene together. Yeah. And like nobody makes explosions like him. True. I mean, they should slap him away from the editing board, obviously. But apart from that, he knows how to set up a nice, solid piece of action I mean like, again, he, he's the, the set piece guy yeah, I think absolutely. that's what you're trying to say I mean I would say this about Michael Bay right he would be the perfect AD for an action movie yeah or like, second unit director the second unit guy like you do the action like let somebody take over the actual characterization and stuff yeah. because I think the thing about Michael Bay right uh, he wears you out with his style 
Yeah. He he needs a stricter editor. He needs somebody to kind of really piece his movies down from three hours. Mm-hmm. Because I'm pretty sure like all the Transformers sequels, you can just cut them down to two hours. It tells the same exact story. You can cut it down to... 80 minutes and it'll still be exactly the same you story. You can still see that in the first film, but yeah. I can't say the same for the second, third, fourth, and now the fifth. Oh my god. So, okay, tell you what, you know, I mean, anything else you want to add about Michael Bay? Uh, no, I'm gonna save it for the tongue lashing he's gonna get from my review. Yeah, you know, the thing is, yeah, you are still as good as the last thing you did, so I'm sorry, Michael Bay, uh, prepare to get your ass spanked by the last King boys here. Yes, yeah, so you're gonna feel a tiny little hand coming all the way from Asia <laughs> to smack you on the thigh. And it's not Samsung. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll be right back after this brief intermission with our full review of Transformers The Last King. I mean, Night. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, oh welcome God, to a very special uh, Transformers-centric Last King episode podcast. You know, thing. I actually have a review written to the tune of The Touch. Well, oh, yeah? I did. Yeah, I actually told you guys. Drop some hot. bars, sir. Oh, uh, I gotta pull up the lyrics. I'm later. Mr. Toffee. I'm hot like coffee. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> hey, this is what I hate. I'm searching <laughs> it, but in the meantime, you can lead us on with. What you think about the Transformers film? The latest one, the fifth one. You wanna, you wanna ask me first, being the elder statesman? Yeah, go ahead. Go what ahead. was your review? Well, I did not watch this piece of shit because I had my childhood ruined four times already. Okay, granted the first movie, it was really awesome to see Transformers in a live action setting. Mm-hmm. But the novelty wore off very quickly. I didn't really like two, hated three, really despised four. And um, you know what? Yeah, this is my personal boycott because as much as I kind of appreciate Michael Bay for what he is, I also re- I also see a shill when I see a shill. So like, <laughs> basically, the last night, <clears throat> nope. Uh, I immediately disapprove. I will not spend money to further the need for a sixth movie. God damn okay, it! Here's the part where I <laughs> okay, would disagree with you, but I can because this movie is actually terrible. Oh, yeah, like, compared to all the five films that I mean, the last four is definitely better than part two. Revenge which isn't Fallen. saying much, man. <laughs> yeah, and also better than Age of Extinction. But which is, again, not saying much, unfortunately. No, okay, no, but here's what, the thing. What I'll give about the fifth film is at least it sort of is pretty. Like, say what you want, but you can tell that they're progressively getting better in terms of CGI and looks and everything. Well, over here at Mount Eccentric Tone, which is about to erupt, what do you think? I this- think, yeah. <laughs> Uh, fuck this movie! <laughs> fuck this movie! Jesus fucking Christ! I have not been this angry in a movie, and I can't remember the last time I was this angry. Uh, Revenge of the Fallen? Uh, I wasn't even angry in Revenge of the Fallen, because that was. It was dumb, I wasn't expecting much. It's like, oh, okay, this is kind of. Alright, this one. Oh, oh my god. You know, oh. calm down, calm down. Tell you what. 
put your thoughts into words, Centric <laughs> Tom. Maybe we can start off with what did you think about maybe you know the art direction or the style or the the special effects, you know, the visuals. What do you think of the visuals? Oh, uh, the visuals. Uh, yeah, it's just standard Michael Bay bullshit, you know. Big explosions. It, big explosions. <laughs> shiny product placement cars. Um, color. The robots were color coded at the very least. So and I so were the, the humans. Apparently, right? I yeah. still doing that uh, orange and cyan kind of. Yes, tune. the cyan yeah. kind of tone. You know what? Cyan kind of tone. Cyan tone. You know, but props to like freaking um, what was it? George Miller for doing it properly in Mad Max. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, but of course we have to give credit where the credit is due. I think you probably want a cyanide pill. Watching, <laughs> so, so. A cyanidatron, but okay, so. Art direction wise, okay, it's kind of pretty. Uh, it's got the standard tropes, like I said, you know, the the weird cuts, the constantly moving camera, the sexualized women, including the teenage girl, which. Yes, I don't know why he would do that again. This this woman seems a bit younger than everyone else. The actress, is, sort of the actress is younger than 18. Really? Yeah. She is. She's playing a 14-year-old girl and she's wearing these tiny strappy tops and little booty short shorts. Did he even bring do any callbacks to the Romeo and Juliet law or whatever he <laughs> mentioned? Like that would have been <laughs> so that, that, that's beyond <laughs> even him. If it was a Roman Polanski film, maybe. No, but here's the thing, right? It's like, why would you put that in the Transformers movie? What purpose does it have? <laughs> because we need to have an annoying child-ish <laughs> actor doing something. She has no purpose in this film. Yeah, except to lead a robot on to go, hey, destroy that turret. Okay, sure. That's it. Yeah, this and is really... playing with robot, tiny robot dinosaurs who never appear anywhere else in the film They're after that. They're just there to go, oh, little baby robots. Merchandising. Oh my... Oh. Okay, so okay. yeah, part of the problem with this, okay, sorry, the major problem with this film is they throw in a lot and then they forget about it later on. There's so much ancillary bullshit. The, like, the black character, the white guy who's fairly big in the trailers, he's in there for maybe 50 minutes, just there to be a whiny bitch. And mm. you know, there's a bit where he gets shot with a beanbag, like, I'm dying man, I love you! It's like, shut the fuck up! Oh, that very awkward Michael Bay And then there was movie. the yeah. guy from The Veep, uh, he, was the, he was the assistant vice president from that Veep show. I see him as the youngest Bluth. Ah, okay, okay. He mm. was there, this would be like, okay, you're doing things wrong. Here's how we gotta destroy Megatron. Sorry, how's, here's how we're gonna destroy Cybertron and shit. And then he's standing at work, he goes to the corner, sulks, and then that's it. You know what? He gets a pat on the back, that's it. I'm pretty much lost right now, so maybe tell you what. Maybe, Mr. Toffee, could you in two minutes explain to me the plot and the premise of this flick? Okay, apparently Optimus <laughs> Prime supposed to look for his creators, comes across this uh, Quintessa woman. Didn't he find his creators thing. in the Fallen movie? No, no, this is another creator, different creator. Oh, he's been retconned again? Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then he gets, he turns into Nemesis Prime and then comes out and then apparently he's going to bring Cybertron down to Earth. And because... They're going to kill Earth because shock horror... Earth was Unicron all this time. What? They tease? Oh yeah, I think they were teasing him, but... Kinda, but yeah. yeah, yeah. So He makes an appearance, Unicron? Well, no, this is... Basically, his, his little, like, horns, because... He, does he have horns in the... Yes, yes, he, does. he has. Yes. Okay, so we see his horns pop up in different parts of the world, because apparently originally when he became Unicron, when he was born, it was Pangaea and then the Earth split, so... That must be really painful for him if his horns got to split across the world like ow, 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 Yeah, and then the only thing that can stop this shit from happening is apparently Merlin stuff. And this woman, Vivian, is actually related to She's a direct descendant of a fictional character played by Sani Tucci. Apparently in this Earth, yeah, apparently Arthur and Merlin are real. Yeah, and yeah, Tucci comes back not as the weird Steve Jobs wannabe, but as a drunk charlatan 
who's Merlin. So he's playing a different character in this yes, movie. Yes, a different character. I'm sorry, Academy Award winner, Stanley Tucci. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, it starts off with Optimus Prime uh, frozen through space. He gets, he lands on Cybertron. And he goes, "What happened to my home?" And you're, like, motherfucker, you know what happened to your home. You say it in the first fucking movie. In the first movie, you say Cybertron died because of what we did. You know what happened to that fucking planet. Why are you suddenly so upset? Like, ADD, I guess maybe. Maybe, or maybe. He... Or maybe he rebooted and just like lost all that, you know, RAM. Uh, Look yeah, at me trying robots, to robots, give robots, logic yeah, to a Transformers movie. You can't. You <laughs> just cannot. It's a, it's a futile effort. Yeah, Sorry. maybe his hard drive got corrupted and he had to do uh, uh, defragmentation. <laughs> yeah, so he turned evil, came down. And yeah, he was evil for six minutes. Yeah, so six it, minutes, it was a bad so. update, huh? Yeah, and there's just other stuff which includes, like, for example, they get Bumblebee a new voice box because that's the recurring theme in this film. He has to speak through the radio. Yeah. And... There's even a moment where he says there's a Decepticon somehow on the radio. So we're talking about Decepticons now on NPR. Okay, or so something? Decepticons actually make an appearance because from yeah. what I gather from the advertisement, it was like uh, Optimus Prime goes rogue and it's up to Bumblebee to kind of. No, no. Oh no, it's not. Megatron like that. still exists. Oh, he's still. Yeah, what? and he. He makes deals with humans for some yeah. reason. Lawyers meet him in a desert and he <laughs> negotiates for the release of two CIA fuckwits for Decepticons, like uh, Berserker. Um, no one I know from the cartoons or yeah, comics at uh, all. These are just random. Cannon fodder meant to be destroyed. Yeah, yes. A guy yeah, called yeah. Mohawk, yep. who is, I guess, meant to be our uh, little quota for offensive stereotypes. Uh, drug addict, right? Drug addict. Uh, Native I, American, probably. I think he's meant to be Latino. Know. Oh, yeah, really? He yeah. We do have a Native American character. Okay. Um, he's a police sheriff, kind of looking after. Cade Yeager, remember Mark Wahlberg's character yeah, from yeah. Uh, good old Marky Mark is hiding in a junkyard. I'm, I'm Mark Wahlberg. I'm an inventor. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an inventor. <laughs> that, also, that's another thing that pisses me off. No self-respecting scientist or engineer would say, I'm an inventor. It's like, you are ragging. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm an inventor. Like, that's not an official designation. I think going by Gremlin's logic, people who call themselves inventors usually don't invent good things. No. <laughs> that's the thing. There's even a moment where this Vanessa woman says, Oh, you're an inventor. She's a oh, wizard. Vivian, Vivian, yeah, right? Yeah, she's a, what's Vivian, a female yeah. wizard? A wizardress. She's a witch. She's a witch! Yes. <laughs> yeah, she says, oh, you're an inventor. Why have you invented? Lots of things. Like what? Lots of things. Stuff you've heard of. I mean, yeah. Stuff you will hear about. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And they end up wanting to date at the end of the movie because of fucking course. Okay, so yeah, she's the, the love interest. That's how these movies yeah, on, so, it's just, yeah. It's, look, I, I could try and explain the plot, but honestly... Look at every other Transformers film, it's exactly the same thing. Well, Anthony They're... Hopkins did a good job explaining the plot. Oh yeah, he's the in this exposition. one too, right? Yes, yeah. he's Mr. Exposition. Oh, yeah, what? he spends 50 minutes and they do the same joke twice, where this other... He's not really a Transformer, he's like just a robot, he's just a... Oh, Cogsman, right? Cogsman, he's like a sociopathic C-3PO. Why? Because... It, it works, somehow, <laughs> I don't know. Because we need a robot butler, apparently. And he's doing this big uh, soaring speech about the Knights of the Round Table. And at first he starts playing the organ, you think it's part of the soaring music, but it's him playing the organ and then Antiochus says, cut it out, so he stops. Yeah. And he starts singing, like, French operetta as well, whilst he's doing another discussion. So it's the it's same joke. It's mostly the background and music, yeah. Again, alright, it wasn't funny the first time you did it. Why did you do it again? Yeah, just, Michael Bay 
Could this be a tie into the Westworld character? But the part, <laughs> but the part when he was driving the car together, Anthony Hopkins and starts swearing and acting all oh, crazy. Yeah. We that, get was, to, that was okay. We get to see this lovely moment where Academy Award winning Anthony Hopkins flips off a drive a Decepticon. Really? <laughs> yes. Like he's pulling up and he just kind of flips in the bird as he's driving along. Like, and how is that gonna help? It's just so we it's see. Comedy, I guess. So we see a yeah. seventy-nine, no, an eighty-three-year-old actor flip the bird. Sir Anthony Hopkins. Sir Anthony Hopkins <laughs> flip the bird, and then there's a moment where he has like a gun staff and shoots Megatron with bullets. At, the, at Stonehenge. At Stonehenge. Okay, at Stonehenge. Oh, yeah. Everything happens at Stonehenge. What's the connection? Basically, uh, the source of powers there. That's basically yes. like the top of Unicron's, that's Unicron's head navel. Holmes. Oh no! Yeah. Oh, that's his his mouth thing. I I, was, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that's I don't his teeth sticking up from the ground. He's made of half. He's half rock, half metal. Yeah, yeah it's, they don't try to explain. It. It's just like, oh, we have something relatively mystic, and we think it's connected to Arthurian law. It's not, but you know, it's just because Michael Bay doesn't do research for this. Yeah, like, he doesn't care. Yeah, I mean, we first saw that with Armageddon. Mm. We was like. He doesn't care about doing any kind of background if check. If it looks cool, he's just gonna do it. Pretty yeah, much. exactly. And it just it carries on here. And I'm sorry, I'm not being coherent because I'm just so angry that I wasted my time with this movie because there's just so much access there to is, the film. There is no redeeming qualities. I this is where Michael Bay's directing style doesn't work at all because mm. there's so many awkward cuts, which I guess is meant to be to kind of move the pace on. But he keeps adding a lot of ancillary nonsense and comedic moments where characters who appear just for that scene and then disappear entirely. Like, the small robot from the third film, uh, Dark of the Moon, reappears. Uh, the not trans- the racist robot, right? The one who transforms into a, like a, the, a radio. The, the, the little one who... Uh, uh, the Bucktooth guy, is it? No, not the Bucktooth guy. Um, the one who infiltrates the aeroplane, right? Yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah. yeah, He reappears just to chat shit. Oh, speaking of reappearance, John Totoro came back. Yeah, he's living in Cuba now. <laughs> and he's got a... And trans- Cuba is Transformers sanctioned, apparently. Yeah, because apparently this world... What? Fila yeah. <laughs> Castro says, please come here, enjoy my beaches, have a cigar. Do you smoke? I think you smoke. I don't know how your internal organs work, but sure, have a cigar. So he has a beach bunny Transformer as well. He says, come on, man, let's go to the beach. No, go down with Julio. So I hate he, Julio. Is he still the same ex-FBI CIA? Yes, yes. And, so and he's he, been relegated to Cuba. Yeah, but he gives like a plot device for Anthony Hopkins to find out that Unicron is Earth. I wonder how much he gets paid just to cameo. I mean, does he take part in any big action scenes? No, no he's, he's just there just to talk to Anthony Hopkins on the phone. That's wow. it. Wow. Yeah, he, he has a, a line where he chats shit about margaritas and then he's on a phone twice, on a payphone. And you never see him again after that. Yeah. Yeah, that's literally what he's doing with his real life. He's just waiting for the Coen brothers to call him up again. <laughs> yeah. He's just hanging out in Cuba, waiting for an opportunity. <laughs> Jeez. Oh my. Art imitating life, huh? You know, like, hey, come on, I have this idea for the Big Lebowski too. <laughs> yeah. And even the action scenes are sloppy as fuck. Really? Yeah, they're just bits where I spatially, you. It's meant to be, you know, Cybertron is coming back. The big mm-hmm. plumber of Cybertron is coming down and stealing the life source of the planet. So it's meant to be this big scene where you- Like brief- the final fight, right? Is yeah, it? where you briefly see Hong Kong go through a blackout while there's like a big tendril kind of scooping it up. But it feels tiny because there's no sense of larger perspective going on. It's too I don't know. I felt nonsense. that at the last fight, especially. And here's the thing: compared to the last film, it definitely had way more action bits with robots 
Finally, compared to the last few films. Yeah, so there's no military opposition. There is, there oh, there's, is, there oh, is. Still there. If I'm not mistaken, Josh Duhamel is back, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's back as Lennox, and he's just as useless this time around. They, is Tyrese Gibson also around? No, no, because I guess it's another black guy. He's got, he, he's he, got he, that Need for Speed money. Need for Speed, Fast and Furious, Fast and Furious money. <laughs> Whatever, it's the same franchise, really. <laughs> but you know, they have the Ospreys again, and there's this big plot device talking about how they're above the ceiling limit for Ospreys, so they have to do kind of a weird dive, and they all kind of crush land. On part of Cybertron, but they still fly fine for most of it. And then, you know, they appear, they have one firefighter, say, oh, this is too tough, we're leaving now. And they just, you know, jump off the side of, Cy- of Cybertron back down to Earth. What? Yeah. But that's not how gravity works. Apparently, uh, it does in this film. <laughs> hey, so. Apparently, Cybertron's uh, uh, gravity, even though it's twice the size of Earth, is weak as fuck because they have no problem. Because if physics worked, they'd be like, jump. Yeah, you'd fall back into Cybertron. Yeah, but we have a a nice moment where the soldier grabs the 14-year-old girl and jump off, I guess, after her little Pagio-ass Transformer blows shit up, blows the big gun up. That's the big thing stopping them from getting through, not, you know, Megatron and the Transformers. So there's the MacGuffin, the Deus Ex Machina's huge gun from Cybertron. The, the no, I thought like, the MacGuffin was actually the staff. The MacGuffin is the, the MacGuffin is Merlin's staff and like the weird like talisman thing. Yeah. But it's the big thing stopping the soldiers from doing the full soldier thing because maybe they wanted to have a more personal bit where it's what's her name again? Vivian. Oh, uh, Vivian. Yeah, yeah. Vivian and just call him Magic Lady, I guess. Magic Lady and uh, <laughs> fuck with inventor. Have this to is go in and, British girl. Yeah. yeah, and then they have a um, a. a Zero gravity moment where they're trying to grab the staff while uh, what's her name? Quintessa? No, Quintessa, Quintessa. Quintessa is. No, wait, who's Quintessa? She's the main bad guy, the one who turned prime evil. Like, she's apparently. For what reason? She's apparently the big deceiver, so I guess she's the real power behind the throne for the Decepticons. I don't know. She's, she's the one a human controlling girl. Cybertron, no, I she's guess. A, she's a robot lady. Oh, okay, okay. okay. You know, robot like Quintessa, yeah. you know, but Quintessa. Oh, so that's the reference. Yeah. The five-headed... Uh, yeah, pen- yeah. But oh. except it's a woman with the whole tendril shit. And- I bet the scriptwriter was like, oh, I'm so clever. Look at how Which I one? reference this. Which one? three screenwriters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and four people who created the story. I have no idea that three people wrote this shit. Holy crap. Now, oh my god. I mean, yeah, but I don't uh, remember. <laughs> when it comes to Hollywood, right? When three people are attached to a script, it's like not as if the three of them work together. It could be one guy, then followed by another guy, and another guy to do rewrites. Not for the redraft and everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean... They probably watched the final part and went, oh, that's the other guy. Oh, like they probably never met each other in real life. And then like the other guy would be like, you know, hey, you, you like Transformers, right? Can you can you fix the script? Can you put more stuff in here that will reference so the fanboys and the nerds will buy the toys? Yeah. Oh yeah, references, I believe Hot Rod is inside, but as we mentioned before, he's yeah, he's, he's French now, huh? Yeah, he's, <laughs> a, he's a Hot Rod for a little bit and then he scans a speeding uh, Lamborghini and he still has a French accent for some reason. Far cry from John Nelson. Hmm. Yeah, that's just... And, and, and a time-slowing gun, the one that saves... Oh, oh yeah, that's that's the big uh, Chekhov's gun. Like, yeah, oh, the Chekhov. we can now... A literal you know, gun. ...freeze people in this big jelly thing, which... Slows, slows down, down time, basically. Because yeah. they saw the, Marvel, uh, the X-Men movies and thought, hey, people like that Quicksilver scene. Let's yeah. have our own version. Yeah, and also, also they like that Zero-G scene from The Mummy, so they did that in here as well. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it's just... It, it's a mess. I'm, it sounds incoherent as I'm describing it because it is just one is big mess. Incoherent. And there's this weird reference like they have to go underwater at one point because that's where the big spaceship, which is the ignition key for Cybertron, is. What? And they have to kind of go in a submarine. They have to go in a submarine, which they say is a transformer. 
But it never transforms. It's always a submarine. But it's, so it's just yeah. a self-driving submarine. I mean, they had one transformer like that back in the animated show. Remember Skytrain, who's just constantly a you know a vessel for transport. Who was this? Oh, that's Astro Train, right? Oh my! It? No, Astro Train is the guy who is a train and transforms into a plane. Uh, Skytrain is yeah. Sky <laughs> the Challenger spaceship that transforms into a robot bird. Oh, that's Skylinks, dude. That's Skylinks. My bad, Skylinks. Uh, wait, wait. The thing is, like, yeah, we're supposed to be talking about this movie, and then yeah. we're digressing back. So, okay. You know, I'm actually happy they don't bring in a Skylinks here, otherwise we'll be tarnished like fuck, dude. All they've of tarnished, them have been. They've really, tarnished yeah. everyone else. Like Grimlock can't speak apparently. Yeah. They fairly ruined Optimus Prime for all of us, right? By yeah. making him go bad for no apparent reason. Yeah, it's like they explain it how is the like. Quintessa kind of like corrupts him somehow and then hypnotis yeah and then spends I guess maybe a few days hypnotizing him and then all it needs to break it is Bumblebee using his real voice for the only time in the movie he is able to speak and then he goes back to his weird radio show there was again. no scene where he actually put a voice box back again no there's a scene where they get him a voice box but it's a female voice nah, he ripped it off he yeah ripped it and off. he rips it out but then Another one reappears, then you find this old broken one and just go, fuck, I can't have a hole in my face. Dunk. <laughs> but they have a scene where they have to carefully, meticulously pull it out and pull it back in, so... It's just, it's so inconsistent. So it's in logic everywhere. out the window. Logic, physics, care, like, you can tell that Michael Bay hates this job now. He's mm. only doing this because he's contractually obliged. It just speaks volumes because there's just laziness in the editing, laziness in the way he's directing the actors. Even in the cleanup of the special effects, there's a moment where <clears throat> the Vivian, she's meant to be, you know, completely clean. She's just mm -hmm. a standard, generic brunette uh, bombshell. Yeah. But then there's a close-up where the actress actually has a tattoo on her hand, and they forget to clean the it up. The actress actually has a tattoo. Yeah. yeah. And in a close-up, it kind of briefly flashes up, whereas in wider shots, it's clean. So it's just hmm. so lack of due diligence. That bit, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is shit we stopped having 15 years ago when we actually started paying our rotoscopers a little bit more to pay yeah, attention. But I mean, there's literally, you can just ask the makeup department to put, you know, makeup on that hand. Yes! I'm just going to be a bit perplexed that people are going to pay money for this. Have, have you seen the box office records for the last few Transformers? Apparently this one's not doing so well. Oh, that's good news. Yeah. That's very good news. Apparently, but the thing is, this is opening day. Oh, so yeah. we, we, we have to wait till the weekend numbers strike, which yeah. unfortunately, once this thing hits China... Oh, it's gonna make gangbusters. Yeah. But there's less yeah. China in this one. Here's the thing, here's the thing. There's actually a lot more stuff blowing up in this one compared to the fourth one. So, people are gonna like that a lot. Yeah, I mean, if that's all it needs to sell a film nowadays, is nice explosions. I it's mean, sad. But we've, we've dropped a long way, but... Mm. Hey. But, I mean, the thing is, there's... I mean, I hate to say this, but there's a reason why movies like this exist. True. Because there is an audience for it. There is an And audience. the thing is, like, I the don't... The star power helps too. I'm star power? Saying. I don't think people okay, are... Okay, I power. More like, yeah, we have a star there just because. Yeah. They got the budget. I don't know the last time anybody went out in droves to see Marky Mark. In a yeah, movie. I mean, he's the B-list uh, Boston guy. When you can't get Matt Damon. <laughs> or Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, but you want to watch him because he's the B-list Boston guy. Mm. Like in 10, or... The other guys, I guess. But the yeah. thing is, Mark Wahlberg is actually a pretty talented actor under the right circumstance. Because, like, you give him to Scorsese, like what he did in The oh, Departed. Departed. Oh, yeah. Yes. Like, there not you good. go. When they're not trying to make him sound smart. Because <laughs> the dude can't lose his Boston accent. He's meant to be from Texas. Mm. And he's got that strong South accent just bursting through all the damn time. Like... <sighs> no, but okay. But in this context for Transformers, other people who probably never seen his portfolio, they think, oh, white guy, handsome, 
affable in a sense, so that they actually are attracted to this sort of thing. Yeah, so. for non-Americans, I don't care, so I guess that's all that matters. Yeah. It's just, you can tell that not a single bit of care was put into this movie, and it's making me think, well, why should I even bother? I went in with low expectations, and it managed to disappoint me. Like, immediately? <laughs> immediately, within three minutes, and you know, this is little, you know, history grab hat coming back on, you know, it's period piece set in the Dark Ages. Oh, this is like the knight's part. Yeah. Like 5th yeah. century AD and they're wearing full plate armor and using trebuchets, which didn't appear until the 13th century. Mm. Like, no, that, that's the laziness. I it. mean, okay, yeah, I don't go into this film expecting historical accuracy. I know, don't get on my case. But come on, it's just little bits like that which just show that you do have, you haven't got a single little bit of regard for anything outside of your little bubble of US military handjobs. Mm, no, but the thing is, right, I mean, what we mentioned pre in the previous segment was like, the Transformers were originally designed to sell merchandise, sell yeah. toys. But I don't think there's a strong scene of new Transformers merchandise. No. I mean, also, the only new characters are basically those robots that Megatron hired, that new version of Hot Rod and Quintessa, I guess. I mean, yeah, but they're gonna they're just... Even, they're not even that marketable because it's all yeah. just, you know, Product placement cars like Lamborghini, Chevrolet, and I also say like the new robots, right? They don't have the legacy of like an Optimus Prime or yeah, a Bumblebee. Yeah. So yeah. like when they rebranded and remade those toys, like if I'm not mistaken, it was the Hot Toys, like yeah. the Ultimate Edition of those guys, like those sold like hotcakes. Like but the thing is that was tied to the first movie, and the thing is the novelty has worn off, and then like people are not flipping toys as much as they used to. So I have no idea what what's the what's the merchandise that they're gonna try and sell. I don't know because they're now just new robots. They're just four much. transformers left. That's all that's left. Four transformers. You have Prime, Bumblebee, uh, Drifts, uh, the uh, Hound as well, played by John Goodman. Yeah, such a waste of a talented guy. <laughs> yes. What another Coen brother alumni is yes, in this movie? Exactly. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, just doing fat jokes. You're a robot who can choose your body shape and your fat. <laughs> What the actual fuck is I'm going on? I'm wondering how John I think they needed a redneck shoot 'em up kind of robot. So there but you John go. Goodman is not a redneck. Like red he, no, he, he sounds like looks like one. He looks like one. He looks like one. Yeah, I guess. And then you have another. I, he's not really transforming. He's just a, a robot who's not allied, and he's kind of like a junk bot. And I'm. I think he's meant to be a Jewish stereotype. With John Goodman? No, not no, John no, Goodman. No, no, no. Uh, the, 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 robot, the, 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 the robot who sells stuff. I think he's literally called Scrap Heap or something. I it's think like, so. Scrap so Heap is actually OG Transformers. Yeah. yeah. Scrap Heap. He's from the generation one, yeah. Devastator. Okay, so there we go. Right? We have a cameo from like, the legacy. It's not really even a cameo as a reference. Because like the thing is, like I mentioned, like when Jetfire appeared in the other movie, like it's not even like paying homage to these characters or these robots. It or just these, happens to have the name. That's they it. just have the name That's attached. Like same with Quintessa because she's supposed to be a... Wait. A five-headed thing. And she's not. Yeah. No. So because like, yeah, I mean, that's the thing I really despise about movies nowadays because they think that the audience is so dumb that we would just gasp at like hearing the name. Just hearing the name is like, oh, oh my god, it's my character. They it's mentioned not. this Based thing. Based on the numbers of the past film, I think people are dumb when you think about it. Oh, really? people are definitely dumb enough to uh, eat their shit up. Unfortunately. And I mean, just to wrap it up, once again, it's doing that Transformers thing where they're retconning the previous film again. And they're doing the things that you expect, which infuriates a lot of people like Tom. Oh, yeah. yeah. But at the same time, stuff blows up more, so 
Yay, I guess. So maybe let me address that. Is this an elevation of the action movie like genre? That no, mean, no, it's no. not. It's, no, it's more of the same. Cruel, no, because more of the same. remember, this is the same universe where John Wick exists. Yes. That is how you or the raid. That's how you make action movies these days. Visceral in, where, in the gut. Visceral, and, where you don't rely on shaky cam to make it look intense. Where you have nice wide shots. Where you just you rely on the beauty of martial arts. Here is just big dumb robots smacking each other then shooting them with nondescripts but then I also want to say like I think it's only Michael Bay who is the last guy to do like this level of pyrotechnics in film yeah. I can't think of anybody and else and he'll be the last one he'll be doing for this franchise anyway I, yeah oh. this is he, he's signing off apparently on this apparently he is I've well, been hearing reports this is we'll probably his big <laughs> let's see how much money Paramount gives him this time I think yeah. maybe his contract has finally expired this is his big fuck you like I can just yeah. finally yeah. do my own thing fuck you I'm out I'm gonna make Pain and Gain again <laughs> nah please don't like, that movie was good yeah. <laughs> don't, don't sequelize maybe that. something else something else but Some, something along the lines of Pain and Gain something slightly smaller with a good cast where your humour actually works you know what maybe a silver lining could this be like okay you know this is uh, Michael Bay paying his dues and maybe now he is re- gonna return to form maybe the and next a movie a new director can come in yeah, but I mean, he's trained a whole bunch of them. Wasn't he the guy who did the Ninja Turtles movie, like uh, Lieb- Lieberman or something? Honest. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah but, but no. you're not selling me on that one because Ninja Turtles was shite. The, the, both of them? Out of the Shell the was second... actually not bad. It's not uh, a great a movie. Retro, though. Throwback for a retro. I mean, it's throwback. fine, but it's, I mean, like, not, not, it's, it's, it's still it's a terrible movie. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it gets to be the best. Yeah. No, but okay, like you know what? Following suit. I would say this right. Maybe this is it. This is us on the like the. We are witnessing the dawn of a new era with the big dumb action movie finally, you know, it's put to rest. And where we finally. You know what? I am glad for it. We, we yeah. had a nice run. We have nice big dumb action movies which are fun to watch now and then. But we've reached the end of it. It's time for a new school of action to take root. I would say that like, you know, like back in the 80s when Die Hard came out and uh, like everybody was blown away. Like, look at how yeah. smart this action movie is. And he was like, like Bruce Willis was the anti-Sylvester Stallone and anti-Anwar Schwarzenegger. Like the everyday hero. Yeah. yeah, and then like now we have John Wick, which is fucking Keanu Reeves picking up the mantle, being mm-hmm. the ev- like, okay, he's a badass assassin, but the thing is when you look at him and he gets hurt, like, oh, he's human. Yeah, I mean, I credit that with Daniel Craig's Bond. That's the first one where we have a hero who actually looks like they're in pain when they're fighting. But even Matt Damon in Bourne? Nah, no, Bourne, he's a bit overpowered. Too. Oh no, he's overpowered as fuck. Yeah, okay. Like, We're talking more like uh, Dan- yeah, Daniel Craig's uh, James Bond yeah, in the he's, first one, he's, Royale. Oh, that's the first one where you watch him and he goes, Oof, oh, yeah. and he kind of struggles a bit to get up. Like, <laughs> okay, I can buy this. Because that would hurt if you your body slam into a crate. Speaking of getting hurt, like, so when freaking Hannibal smashes him in the balls with that rope. Oh, oh man. Quite the wins, you know. Like, I mean, like, dude. Oh man. I mean, like, the thing is, we love the good dumb action movie, and the thing is, we're now spoiled with choices like John Wick, with oh. like the Ray, you know, coming all the way from Indonesia, Asia represent, and oh it's like, oof, like, hey, people are doing it this way. Can we? Can we have that instead of Transformers? Instead I of guess? this steaming pile, like, even dumb action movies. We know how to do them well. Do you remember the last good dumb action movie? Edge of Tomorrow. It's not that dumb. It's actually pretty exactly, smart. Exactly, that's the point. It's a, it's a big, bossable, pyrotechnic CGI fest, but it's got a really smart hook. Yep. It didn't sell well, unfortunately, so maybe that's why we have this. And the thing is, they blamed it on the title, which is unfair. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's because like, Edge of Tomorrow, Live, Die, Repeat, whatever. I mean, like, you know, it's not the 
what you call it. It's the the quality of the film. Yeah, and it was. And it's getting a sequel. Did you hear that? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. That's yeah. nice. And the thing is, I was wondering, would they make it close to the manga? Because the thing is, they kind of left. The off. manga ending was very different. You know, as a lot of, as a bit of a downer. Yeah, is, <laughs> if you saw is, the manga ending, but then you had to have the Hollywood ending. But yeah, like you know what? And the thing is, we also had the mummy. Okay, you, <sighs> you had to survive that. Yeah. And it's like, what's the next big dumb Hollywood movie coming out? I mean, there's not, there's not going to be any more Expendables. Mm. They Thank did away God. with that. Yeah, because something dumb, I can't really say. Unfortunately, uh, I mean, like be. the I thing mean, is, coming up next would be like. I mean, to me, the big tentpole movie will be Thor Ragnarok. Well, no? we have Spider-Man first. Spider-Man. Yeah, in, in next, next week. And that's a yeah. different kind of action movie. Yeah. That's the Marvel action movie where it's Disney money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then here we have Michael Bay just like, you know, shitting out on a Transformers movie for the because sake of contract. Because he can and he has the money. I think because that. he has to. And yeah. I, I don't think he wants to do this Contractual anymore. obligation. Yeah, it's make me think of that scene from James Hunter Bob Strike Back where they go to the scene of Goodwill Hunting 2. Uh, the just counting. Hunting season. Yeah, he's just like Gus Van Sant is just counting money. Right? Like, yeah, just action, whatever. Gus, are you ready? Uh, in a minute, Ben. Yeah, it's like for the paycheck, for the paycheck. <laughs> oh uh, my god! But okay, you know what? Yeah. Final rating. I have no price for guessing what the rating is for this. It's for you, Tom. If I could go into negatives, I would go for it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a minus one. Minus one. Minus you want one. your money back. I want my money back. The only saving grace is that they lied about the three-hour runtime, and I was out in two and a half. Oh. <laughs> Thank God for that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. How about and you? I watched it in the. Sorry, I, I'm just going to briefly just add one little rant. I watched it in a full house. Surrounded by a load of people. Were people cheering? They were laughing their asses off. Like, oh, that's so funny. He said that. You are the problem here. You are the reason we have to sit through shit like this. Because I think the general movie-going audience is basically, we just come in here to watch Transformers and we know we're not going to get any smarter or any more emotionally attached. We just want to see big dumb explosions. I mean, it's the spectacle. Yeah, and you got that spectacle, you fucking Luddites. Hey, but the thing is, like, you know what? Uh, let's look forward to better action movies, you know, like, hey, George Miller, Mad Max, the second movie, when is that due, hey, Marvel, you know, do a good job with Thor Ragnarok, Michael Bay, take a break, mm. you don't have to do this anymore, if you, this, this is the last one, officially? Hopefully, yeah. hopefully. That's just reports so far, So it's reported right. few months Unless so. they throw more money at him, but how much... He can change his mind. How much money do you need to refuse to do but the I'm, Transformers movie? I'm a half kind of guy, so I hope this is his last Transformers. I think, mm. like... I would hope for the Transformers movies to just stop. Yeah. Yeah, give it up. And maybe reboot it in five, ten years with a young director with a slightly better uh, studio lead and... I mean, not even a young director, but maybe somebody who just cares about yeah, the someone, source material. Maybe someone who grew up with the damn... Uh, and I'm pretty I, sure I those guys exist. Bit, yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, but at the same time, like... Uh, I don't know, the world doesn't need any more Transformers movies. No. This should be no. it. We didn't need any more Transformers after the second one. There I agree. Five. <laughs> we were fine with the first one. We oh yeah, it was, it was fine, and it just fine. And I mean, like, here's a plus point. No Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> I almost missed well, it, for, well, for, Oh, really? For, for better <laughs> or worse, he makes it bearable because of his awkward comedy, I guess. His awkward like, comedy no, no, with his no, parents? No, 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 no. Yeah. Also, he makes a very brief cameo in this film. He does? No. He's they, a picture They show his picture. And his, his ah. like, picture from the eBay uh, site in the first film, he has like a real like... With like the ladies man, hair. whatever, whatever. Yeah, ladies man 2098 or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now that was a great scene. Oh, you ladies man 2098. Yeah, a fantastic uh, interrogation scene. Oh, okay. So uh, you want to wrap this up? Yeah, let's wrap this up because I, I'm I, I'm depressed. 
of two in a row. I'm so angry still. I, I want to go find Michael Bay and strangle him with a Transformers toy. But you won't be able to make <laughs> or a Samsung Curve TV. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sony cover around his fucking neck. It's too curvy for you, is it, Michael? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Okay, but, uh, okay, so, uh, Mr. Toffee, any final words you have for Transformers? The Last King? The Last Night? I'm sorry. <laughs> I think Tom summed it up pretty well. I don't think I can add anything more yeah. than that. I'll reiterate, fuck <laughs> this movie. And with that, we're you signing make, off. Man, you make anything sound polite. Huh? <laughs> okay, so yes, this is uh, your co-hosts, uh, Shafika's Prime. This is Tombot slowly dying in a heap. Tombot sounds like a, a robotic And this portal. is Toffee Cron, signing <laughs> out. Bye, guys. Hi there, fans from Vietnam. Thank you for listening to us. If you're just tuning in, do subscribe to us on our SoundCloud page at The Last King Podcast. We are also on social media. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Last King Podcast. We are also on Apple Podcasts and iTunes under The Last King Podcast. Come check us out on our Instagram page too at Last King Podcast. Lastly, we've got a website you can check us out on again at www.thelastking.net. Just leave a comment and like us when you can. Every little bit counts.